Welcome back to another year of the Chicago Maroon podcast section. I'm Jake, and I'm joined by Greg, Prava, and back from beyond graduation, I'm Carter. We've gathered here today over Zoom to give you guys a bit of a survival guide for a week and starting college more generally. Um, I'm a third year, so are Pravan and Greg, and Carter actually graduated last spring. Carter, what have you been up to since then? Well, I just started a job entering the professional world about a month ago. So I'm working in NYC um, and I work for Sotheby's, uh, which is an art auction house, which is very, very different from my what I studied in college, which was economics uh, and not a single art class. How do you end up working at Sotheby's? So funny thing that the internship for Sotheby's is the person in charge of it used to work for Chase Bank. And it comes as no surprise that many Chicago students interned with Chase Bank. Uh, so she knew that you know, Chicago students did really well and sort of actively recruited uh, Chicago students through the Metcalf program. So I saw it as Metcalf and it was, you know, in a job in the arts, which sounded way more interesting to me than a lot of the other jobs that economics majors typically go for. I applied to it and fortunately got in with two other New Chicago students. So um, there were three Chicago students when I interned, which is more than any other school that uh, that sends students to Sotheby's. Are those U Chicago students working the same job with you now? Actually, yes, yes. One of them yeah. is in client services. One of them is in contemporary art, and I'm with jewelry. How do you like working with jewelry? Those are very cool. Prahan, I just showed some of the jewels today um, because we have a sale going on um, that uh, basically Sotheby's will have a number of sales at different points of the year. Each department sort of, they have their own sales independent of each other, so they don't overlap too much. Um, so anyway, right now is a, lo- a bunch of luxury auctions. So jewelry, wines, watches, fashion all together. And we just opened that today. So I've been very busy showing people a bunch of diamonds and sapphires and rubies and things that are beautiful and absolutely do not fit me, but they're fun to look at. But anyway, yeah, so that's my job currently is uh, I think it's a very interesting side of business because you are working with, you know, these impressive high value objects, working with different clientele you might normally at um, other industries that aren't quite as client facing. Thank you, Carter, for sharing, I don't know, at least one thing that a Chicago student can end up doing, specifically that an econ major can end up doing. I know there's a lot of econ majors out there, whether you know it's starting out or whether you become an econ major. Um, So does does anyone else have any thoughts on advice that they want to give to um, someone starting a week? I can go. Uh, I guess uh, one of the biggest things that I've learned in college that was particularly different for me with high school is it's kind of cliche, but it's just the amount of free time that you have, the amount of control you have over how to live your life. And I would say the the thing that you have to, to master, the thing that I had to master the the uh, the most was sort of finding a balance between sort of sticking to things that I knew I wanted to do or sticking to things that I had to do um, versus sort of like going with the flow and being more spontaneous and creative with sort of ways that I spent my time, especially outside of the classroom. So between sort of maybe I played a lot of music in high school, and so I knew I wanted to keep that up. But I also tried something new, like this podcast section, for example. Uh, and also, like, I uh, I sort of made, I, when I was looking for friendships, I sort of looked for 
similar friends that I had in high school, but also I met people who I didn't really like the likes of whom I'd never seen before. And I think having that balance of familiar and sort of new has, it, it, it has been difficult to find, but I think it's what's held me in really good stead so far throughout college. So I'd encourage people to step out of their comfort zone, but not too much. Yeah, if yeah. You go I, too far out, you get homesick, which a lot of people do experience when they're starting college. Um, you know, depending on how quickly they find something that really that meets their interests. Yeah, I always have thought that one of the huge benefits that comes from going to a you know fancy school like U Chicago with the endowment that it has and all that is that there's just so much out there that you can do if you like take that opportunity. Right? There's so many. Um, talks that are being given, RSOs that you can join um, that are, you know, funded pretty well and such. Um, Carter and I actually met through mock trial, which we both did um, for some time, at least. Carter did it for all four years of, of college, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and the communities that can be formed through, um, you know, RSOs like that, but also through your housing and and through, you know, the, stuff like the Chicago Maroon. Um the communities that can be formed through that form a really strong support network. And I think that sort of thing is, is really important for someone as they're starting out. And that'll look different for everyone. But um, I, I really would, I don't think I can overemphasize how important it was to me that you have like some sort of community to fall back on as you're starting out, especially when you haven't really gotten off your feet socially. And I will say that not necessarily does this community have to be formed through like a, a, a more large club like Mock Trial or the Maroon. Model UN is a huge one. Yeah, but yes, a Model UN, a lot of people make friends through... Did that too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people make friends through, I guess, um, like there are a lot of finance clubs and a lot of people end up finding sort of true connections there. There, there are all sorts of things you can do on the club side to sort of find that community. But it's also, uh, it's also very common to find friendships through like your first classes at U Chicago, like, you know, there are tons of stories about people who have become best friends through like having calc together or having four biopsy together. Uh, and even then you don't even need those kinds of settings to, to, uh, to become friends. Like Carter and I met through being in the same house community. Uh, and a lot of people, a lot of people look down on house communities, but also a lot of people sort of find them to be very enriching and, everyone who participates in that kind of thing, I'm an RA, finds finds it to be like a very valuable, very valuable use of your time and a very valuable sort of community that you can fall back on as well. So I guess to that, don't be surprised if you find someone who you really vibe with from like an unexpected place. Like community can come from anywhere. And I guess, yeah, it's, it's good to embrace different sorts of places like that. It's also important to find a way to meet people, and not meet people, but to, to, well, meet with people outside of clubs, because one of the problems that can arise is you, like, become friends with someone out of a situation, well, because you're in a certain club or in a certain class, and outside of that class or club, you don't really meet. So just um, my advice would definitely be to make a conscious effort to meet with people outside of the context in which you originally met them because that makes things last a lot that, that makes those relationships last a lot longer a lot deeper and it also helps you realize which ones you actually have and which ones are purely because you are together in a, in a club or in some setting 
Yeah, study groups for me have been circumstances, places where I I think like formed the most lasting friendships. Um, I met someone in my Hume class and we just studied together every weekend. And, you know, you'd be surprised by how much you have in common with other people, even from vastly different backgrounds from yours. So yeah, I encourage you to branch out. And I think as Pravon mentioned, your house is a great way to meet people, especially at your house table. It can be intimidating at first, um, but I think they sort of, at least um, at Max P in my house, they forced you to like sit with your housemates for like the first week or so. I don't know if that's the case everywhere. But Pravan, I have a question for you. So as an RA, do you have any advice for students adjusting to dorm life? Yeah, uh, this, this, is a, this is a very good question. And a lot of people have trouble with it, especially if, you, if you've never like lived in the same room as someone or if you've just... Uh, if it's just even just being in 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 new environment can sort of cause you to be act differently than how you normally are. But in terms of like living living with a roommate, just draw up a contract early on and stick to it about like you know what hours you'll be awake and different uh, sort of like restrictions on how you'll communicate and how you'll like divide up the room and all that. Uh, and also don't be, don't hesitate to reach out to your RAs or RHs because like the real, the reason we're around is to make sure you guys feel safe and you guys feel like you belong in the dorm at UChicago. And we're not here to police you. We're, we're here to help you sort of get the most out of college that you can, uh, in whatever way we can. And I guess the other thing is just be, be nice to everyone around the hall around the hall or around your floor or around your house it sounds like not that difficult but you know with you know a lot of you will be sharing a bathroom with maybe 20 other people and that will be a new experience just and, stay high in the hallway yeah stay high in the hallway like, don't ignore people yeah cleaning up after yourself in the bathroom or like really just small things like sitting at your house table is a great way to sort of develop friendships and go to some of the house, like the house puts on a lot of events or most houses do early on in the year so that you can try to meet other people in your house, just not feel like you're isolated and there's like nothing going on that you, uh, you are involved in. So just try to go to those events if you can. It's a, it's a great way to like explore the city or do stuff that's not on your own money. Um, and like meet some friends in the process. Yeah, yeah. I, I can definitely recommend taking advantage of the free food that you get from house stuff. And, and just the, the events are fun. Um, I was actually in Provin's house. He was my RA last year, which was exciting. Um, he was a great RA. If you happen to be in Halperin house next year, you'll have a great time. You'll still be in Halperin, Provo, right? Yep. Me and Ben will be your RAs here in Halperin. Great. Great, great, great. For Yeah, for me, I mean, house culture... So, is something that uh, is a term that people bandy around um, and some houses are have more house culture than others which tends to just mean like that some are more social than others within that house setting right um Halperin, i was lucky to be in a house that was very social um certainly my grade was very social um not everyone has that opportunity unfortunately um but 
you know, try to make the culture be social if, if that's something that you engage with. I know that for me, it was a meaningful um, source of social interaction. I loved being in the common area. I spent a lot of time there as Proven can attest. Um, it's a, it's a good, good thing for people, especially if you're so lucky to, to be in South, one of the, the best storms. Max-P supremacy. I will say as someone who's lived in both South and Max-P, there are benefits to both, there are drawbacks to both, but I will say that the, they are easily the two best storms. Um, so not, yeah. not, not, yeah, whenever, not a subjective statement there. I think everyone whenever likes I'm in, I'm sorry. Whenever I'm in Woodlawn, I do feel bad for the, the common areas there. Um, oh, yeah. just not, not nearly as substantial, really quite small. Though, of course, statistically, the majority of our listeners would be in Woodlawn, um, more than because <laughs> it's the biggest. So if you are listening to this and you're in Woodlawn, you will have a great time. Woodlawn has plenty of wonderful houses, as I, uh, I've i met many of their RAs, and a lot of my friends are involved in houses there. And, um, it's it's good. The building is the newest one. So a lot of things that you have are nicer, but don't be... Don't be discouraged by the fact that everyone hates on your norm. This comment was sponsored by Housing Presidents Life. <laughs> Yours truly is moving to Woodlawn next year, so I appreciate intentionally the encouragement. Too. Yes, intentionally. I wanted the views, but I've heard nothing but negative things about it. If I had a choice, I would move to North. Max P was good location-wise. Plus, you got like a, a dingle, a private bathroom. So I'm uh, kind of regretting giving that up. And plus, I've seen the dorm pictures online. It's like a shoebox, like literally a rectangle. So I'm not looking forward to that. But I'm on like I'm on the 11th floor. That I'm looking forward to. It's like it's saving grace. Yeah, good luck. I personally am moving off campus next year um, to 51st and Greenwood, which is way north of uh, campus with three friends of mine from Halpern House from my, my house who I, I got to know for over the past two years. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, most people do move off campus after their first two years. Um, but there's a, I mean, there's a range of behaviors. You can do whatever. Um, housing is happy to keep you around for all four if, if that's what you want. I did. Yeah, I stayed in housing for all four years uh, in the exact same house. It's just very convenient, um, you know, because again, Max P has <laughs> the best building, so stayed there for quite some time and i had uh my roommate also stayed in the same house for all four years so he was going very well and it was yeah it works some people just works out better to stay in housing some people prefer to have a little bit more space a little bit more privacy which housing will not give you and cooking your own meals yes that too cooking your own meals you do not want to be using the dorm kitchens beyond like emergency situations um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been sort of reflecting on how I spend my time in college. Um, a friend of mine goes to a liberal arts college up in Maine and was telling me about his day yesterday. He got up at 4.45 in the morning to go surfing and then still managed to show up only like four minutes late to his Japanese class at 8 a.m. Kind of on a, on a Wednesday, which is kind of crazy. It was like not how I live college, right? Um, and then he proceeded to do all sorts of like kind of ridiculous things the rest of the day. And Chicago is a hard school. I, I don't know that you find that kind of like spontaneity often, but um, I think that two sort of conflicting priorities that I have um, for the next year are to 
both like structure my time as much as I can, like not have it. So I just have dead free time that maybe won't be that productive. And also to be like open to doing things spontaneously, right. To like going downtown, maybe on a weekday, like trying, trying new things, um, walking along the lake, going to Jackson park, whatever it is. Um, I, I think it's important to, you know, have like structured time where, you know, between classes you go to, the library and study with friends. Um, for me, like the A-level was a really classic thing. If you don't know what that is, you will soon. It's the the basement of the Regenstein Library. I'm like one level below the first floor. It's like a collaborative study space where people talk. Um, I, don't know, I feel like I never saw you guys in A-level that much last year. Uh, Carter avoids the rag, right? I don't step foot in the rag unless I'm going oh. there to like meet friends. Um, I studied every single time inside my dorm for usually the hours about 10 30 p.m to 3 a.m i just much prefer yeah. working at night um so yeah so some you know different things are going to work for different people for for me personally like dorm studying i, I did it sometimes but when I, I wanted to get something done or like you know part get something done part be social the a level was like perfect i would often get like a big table i have a lot of friends there coming and going it's just a good energy um a good way to spend your day and if you can can get like routines like that, and then also keep an open mind to go into whatever you Chicago has to offer, whatever the city of Chicago has to offer, um, I think then you're gonna use have your a arts pass experience. Use your arts pass. What, what's the arts pass, Carter? The arts pass is a system that Chicago has. is a partnership with a number of cultural institutions, museums, performance halls, um, cultural spaces that usually will give you either free or discounted tickets. So there's a whole website for it. Just look up New Chicago Arts Pass. It'll show you all of the partnerships they have. Um, and you can see exactly what the Chicago deal is. Like, do you have to reserve in advance? Do you have to have your ID? Usually the answer from the ID is yes, reserve in advance, no, but just double check. Um, and that's a great way to, to do things. Um, even during weeknights, I went um, to the Chicago Symphony Orchestra a number of times. Jake and I went a couple times. Um, Robin, did we go? I think we went. Uh, I think we went. I think we went. Yeah. And um, the Lyric Opera, you can get into the Field Museum for free, get into the Museum of Science and Industry for free. Art Institute yeah. of Chicago, great oh, museum. Yes. Art Institute, amazing. You can get into that for free. Well, I say free, but really prepaid with your absorbent tuition. So make use of it because you've already paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really the lesson. Use, use all the things that you're already paying for that are built into the cost of your tuition, the exorbitant cost of tuition. One thing in your tuition that you do pay for, um, but more that more often than not, you don't end up using the full amount is your venture you pass, which allows you to get around uh, the city via CTA trains and buses an unlimited number of times. And it has come in handy a lot for me. And I guess something that you could do, like a great way to explode cities, just to follow the subway lines. Uh, during daylight like, hours. During daylight hours. Um, and preferably with a group of people who you can explore the city with. Each each sort of line has all sorts of different attractions along it. And uh, I've spent many a fun hour with friends on the sub, on, I say subway, but it's not really a subway, um, on the train and just sort of, you know, exploring like the Chicago Music Exchange, for example, is way north of the city on the Brown Line. Um, and there's uh, there are lots of nice neighborhoods like Lincoln Park and Lakeview um, along the Red Line. And so just 
going along the map and, and looking at where these train lines go uh, and where they lead is is a great way to just organically explore the city. So for me, reflecting on my experience so far, the most valuable thing I've learned is to not pigeonhole myself. I think coming in here, I had a lot of preconceptions and I had a lot of, um, I don't know, aspirations, right? Because I always envisioned myself going to law school, following in my father's footsteps and coming here, I wanted to try new things. And really that's what this, something this school prides itself on, or at least purportedly, you know, learning for the sake of learning and, you know, all that pretentious intellectual moralizing and whatever. But I took my first CS class um, first year, didn't really like it, but I found it stimulating. And then I decided to try it again second year. And then I decided to major in CS and data science. So I guess that's what I've learned, right? But even then, I I do things like podcasts. I do things for the Maroon. I'm part of a finance club. I, you know, I'm open, just be open to exploring different things and don't limit yourself. You'd be surprised. You will surprise yourself by things that you're able to do that you never thought yourself capable of doing. That is true. I never thought I could be on a podcast when I was entering the school, but here I am. Yeah. I mean, um, I think the core is good about pushing people to, I mean, you know, forcing people to do like a wide range of things, which will not infrequently like spark a new interest in, um, you know, in a field that you then learn more about, um, yeah, I'd say let, you know, towards my spontaneity point earlier, let um, let the tide sort of take you where it will and um, be willing to try new things. And I, I think you'll you'll find, have a more fulfilling college experience that way. For my thoughts on my experience, see the episode immediately preceding this, where I say that it's my last episode with the Maroon and clearly lied. Um, but a brief rundown, I think, is that you should take care of yourself. It's very important. Um, self-care is... I think one of my favorite things in the world, which is, you know, a nicer way of being narcissistic, but important. Um, you are the only person in your life that you have to care about. It's good to care about other people, but make sure you take care of yourself, just like in all those airplane videos, you know, take care of yourself before helping others. Um, and it'll make your experience a lot better because when you feel better, you'll do better. Yeah. And then that kind of like self-care is going to look different for everyone. For me, I don't know. I like almost never do homework on Fridays. Like when my classes are done on Fridays, unless I have some deadline, I usually just sort of take that time to relax a little bit. And then usually I'll like go out Friday night, see friends, do whatever. Um, for a while, some of my my friends um, last year, we would go to, I'm blanking on the name, Small Cheval, the burger place on 53rd on Fridays, um, which is very good good burger place very very simple american burgers it's pretty much all they have on their menu burgers and cheeseburgers and shakes <laughs> um, I got the shakes a lot and shakes they also have shakes Carter's a fan of the shakes i've never gotten a shake I, i'm not like a milkshake guy i don't, I don't like them speaking of one dollar shakes how do we how do we feel about them <laughs> get them once for the experience they're you know they're exactly worth one dollar we'll buy you they're worth what you pay for but it's yeah yeah, I'm a little bit too lactose intolerant for those. Um, but, but the one time I tried, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't think milkshakes are my speed anyways. 
I didn't even really love them, but they were there. And it, since I lived so close to Hutch, it would be a sort of thing where I walk by like, oh, it's Wednesday. Why not? And I'd use a maroon dollar and I would get a shake. It was mediocre, but it was a dollar. And it was a maroon dog. So it's not like I had to, I already paid it. (laughs) I find it so ironic, right? So the school makes such a big deal of, you know, dollar milkshake Wednesdays, Wednesdays or whatever they're called. And it's admissions branding. At least that was my impression. And to have it be so mediocre, so underwhelming, I, you know, I just, I don't understand. It's just, it's runny. It's a runny milkshake, but it is still full of sugar and calories and goodness. It'll get you through the week. Even in winter. Yeah. There's another thing. Hmm? Winters at Chicago feel kind of brutal for me personally. I I don't know. I'm from Boston. So like the psychology of the winter shouldn't be that different, but for whatever reason, it feels brutal. I'm from Florida. I didn't care. It was not like brutal. It was temperature wise. I never learned how to dress properly. I was always underdressed, but I, you know what? I got through it. It was fine. Everyone adapts and everyone who starts will be in a house filled with people. Some of whom are used to it. A lot of New Yorkers. And then also usually a lot of Californians. So you're guaranteed a fair proportion of people who have no idea what to do in winter. So you'll learn. Um, another thing you should invest in, needless to say, is a good winter coat. But also don't underestimate the importance of gloves or a hat. Uh, I mean, they have kind of saved my life because, uh, you know, my ears get cold extremely quickly. I don't know if this is something other people share as well, but it it's, it's good to have multiple coats and hats just in case, like, you, I don't know if you want to change your pace one day or if one, again, one of them is dirty you can go drag the net and wear the other one in the meantime um, I'm personally not a scarf person but you'll see a lot of scarves on campus too uh, I don't know if they still do this but uh, my year they sent you a scarf for free when you got it uh, when you committed as part of like a, like a welcome package I got one um, so use that if, if you're into that that's um, not a good scarf or they'll need a better one. Yeah. I, I personally never did, so I, I can't really oh. speak on its quality, but... You're only two years in. Wait, young Padawan. Yes, I didn't use a scarf for the first couple of years, but I, towards the end, realized that it's just the, the wind around your neck is not fun. It whips down your jacket. You'll want a scarf eventually. Um, most people. Most people. <laughs> so do people have any advice regarding how to structure your academic life? Uh, first of all, as a first year, you want to take a lot of core courses because A, you get decent priority on core over some of the people who are like third years or seniors. B, you'll end up being in classes with a lot of other first years, so that helps you meet people of your same year. Um, and C, you don't, it's hard to know what you want to major in in only your first or second quarter. I didn't take any courses towards my major until my second year, which you don't have to wait for, but you know, it just, um, 
it can be psychologically hard for people to like start taking courses towards a major and then change. So if you know that you're susceptible to that pressure, don't take classes towards a major you're not certain of if you can instead take core courses because you need to get those out of the way anyway. I didn't finish my core until the end of my third year. Like it, this is not a short endeavor. Um, so I would say take a lot of core classes, think about your major, wait until around maybe at best winter quarter, probably spring quarter first year before looking into your heavier, uh, you know, your more serious major classes. The one exception to this is if you're molecular engineering, because they have a like specific, um, like they like you take Hume first year, but they also require that you take math and physics and chemistry all in your first year. Um, but that's a special case, and a lot of people end up dropping Meng. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that's like the one exception of that. But I, other than that, I would second what Carter said because. A lot of the time you're, uh, and Jake mentioned this too, a lot of the time you end up liking something that you take as a core class and enough that it might become a major of yours. And that's what happened with me and my introductory physics classes. Um, it uh, it was, my teachers were good enough at their jobs that they encouraged me to study physics further. And here I am, a physics major now. Um, but yeah, that's that's why I would encourage. Uh, well, your first your first quarter, a lot of people would recommend just taking three classes, not even bothering with the fourth class because that's because uh, like adjusting to college itself is already going to be enough work and time involved to like take up what a fourth class would take up. But if you do choose to take four classes, and and I did. Um, then maybe what you might want to do is take uh, take three classes for core, or maybe for your one for your major or something, and then one class for fun. Uh, maybe it's something you're like like an elective class that you're interested in, or uh, or something that you might want to study later, like that uh, that doesn't require any previous classes. But I think that sort of three in one sort of um, dichotomy is is good to have your first year or just three core classes or you know two core classes in one major class or something um not having to do that fourth, like having to do a four class that first quarter is not essential um, at all uh, or really any of the other quarters because um, plenty of people just end up taking three classes and they're fine and they're significantly happier than those who take four classes yeah. though you will have to be in both camps at some point yeah, definitely your first quarter. Fine, three with three is fine. But otherwise, I would suggest generally scheduling for fall and winter. Usually four. Never take four classes in spring. That is my tip because spring is so nice in New Chicago, and you do not want to be in classes all the time. So take three classes your spring quarter. Do yourself a favor. Um, and make sure that every winter quarter you take one fun class because winter can be sad. And fun classes make things better. So if you're going to budget in a fun class, definitely try for winter quarter. And I usually do in spring quarter as well, because once again, if you're going to have to be indoors for, for spring, it might as well be for a fun class. Yeah, spring is really nice. Uh, like from maybe the third or fourth week of the quarter on, 
uh, without almost without exception. There are some exceptions, but usually everyone's outside. The quad is a vibe, and uh, you'll really want to spend that time outside. And at the beginning of the year, you'll want to spend maybe the first three or four weeks of fall quarter outside too, because that like maybe mid to early October is when fall starts settling in, gets a little colder, and you may want to spend all the time outside. But maybe like uh, first couple of weeks here on campus, try to spend some time outside because you won't have that nice weather until April at least. So uh, that's six months of mostly being inside. So take advantage of that while you can. And I'm saying this because, you know, it can be very easy to forget that uh, when there's so much going on in your first two weeks of school. Yeah, a week can be a bit of a trip. Um, I, I would recommend that everyone engages with a week, tries to make friends, um, as many people as you can. Don't necessarily expect that those are going to be the people who you're closest with, you know, two, three years down the line. Totally could be, could not be. Take life as it goes. Um, does anyone have anything else to add? About a week, enjoy the free food because there's so much free food at the very beginning of full quarter during a week. And then it sort of goes away. <laughs> Except for clubs. Um, I guess this is not about a week, but going on, on to free food, there's just so much, like, each department has, you know, once a week they, like, put out cookies or something. There's, like, kind of hacks that even if you're not, like, enrolled in, the, in, in classes of those departments, you can just look around and find free food. Like, for example, I stumbled upon uh, the fact that, like, I think it's on Wednesdays, there's, like, a they, they give out warm cookies and milk in the Urban Studies building. You've never um, shared this with me? Bravo. I've been holding out. I'm so sorry, Carter. Um, yeah, I have to visit Chicago to, to I know. I take advantage those. of that. I knew that. Um, but like the um, and like the, the Divinity School puts out a whole spread of free food during finals week. Um, so I guess just like uh, trying to to game the system a little bit and looking for looking around campus for that kind of thing might be a little entertaining and useful for if, if free food is what motivates you. Um, and then as for O week, yeah, I would I would echo what Jake said, which is to to try to go to as much of it as you can, as you want to, um, and also uh, like a, a lot of a lot of people I know have maybe one or two friends from O week. Like most of them, a couple years down the line, look at that time as you know sort of turbulent because obviously it is, and you know you don't know who's gonna be your friend for the next several uh, several years in college. And uh, it not everyone who you meet then will will be um, will will like remain friends with you. So don't feel pressured about that. But also there's usually one or two uh, people who you maybe you meet them and you don't see them all throughout that week, but then you sort of get to them later. That's so that's what happened with me and a friend of mine. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess just uh, don't really expect. I, I guess just like wait for wait for it to unfold in front of you, and then don't hold any like overbearing expectations about how it will go. I guess that's my final word. On an unrelated note, does anyone have any insight about coffee um, or cafe culture 
at U Chicago. I feel like it's pretty prominent. Personally, I have pretty much avoided cafes, but you have like Cobb and X Libris, and I'm trying to remember the other ones. But um, is do, do any of you guys att- like go to coffee shops often? And do you find that's a good place to hang out to study or? Xlib is in the main library, the Regenstein, for those that don't know. Um, and Xlib is, is always pretty busy. I spend some time there studying, most, mostly meeting people um, or on a break from studying um, to go grab a, a scone or something. Um, but I'm not like a major cafe connoisseur at UChicago. Carter, Brevin? The Pop-Tarts and Xlib are good, fairly, relatively new. Uh, the yeah. hot chocolate mm-hmm. in... Harper is pretty good. The croissants in Cobb, amazing. And uh, I would say in Hallowed, they just have a lot of fun drinks. Um, and pool tables. And pool tables. It's a nice vibe. Yeah, I think if you're a coffee drinker, even if you're not, you'll just explore the cafes if that's something you're interested in. Because there are five student-run cafes on campus and then a bunch of other like cafes that are just run by the various buildings, like uh, like there's a cafe in the Logan Center for the Arts. There's a cafe in um, the uh, GCIS, which is one of the science buildings. Uh, and then like Exleve and Cobb and Grounds of Being are all student run. But each of them sort of has their own little like vibe. Like, uh, you know, enjoyers of the Cobb Cafe atmosphere, which, you know, involves a lot of like hard rock music and is also in a basement um, and has lots of like car decorations. It's not going to be the same as people who like uh, grounds of being which is in the divinity school and has a lot of like religion themed artwork on the walls uh, and you know just my advice is to sort of just explore each cafe and maybe grab like grab a drink i won't i won't vouch for the quality of the the like the student-run cafes as far as coffee is concerned because you know they're student-run and like you know depends on the maker it depends on the maker like uh but you know they do the job and also, for all of them except for Grounds of Being, you can use your dollars. Uh, yeah, Grounds of Being is cash only. Yeah, but uh, I'd say whatever, like the the vibe that you like is you'll you'll you know you'll probably find it. And um, a lot of people sort of meet through just like being in Howland Grounds all the time, for example, or like you know you can you might end up spending a lot of time in these cafes. Like I, uh, like actually through like study groups, I've ended up spending a lot of time in Xlead just because um, my friend and I would have class together and then go there afterwards just to work on on, on like problem sets and stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's really only if you're into the cafes. Uh, I They are like very, very diverse in terms of like atmosphere and music and all and drinks like some of those specialty drinks but yeah i recommend just going around this one and even those in Hyde Park too there's so many excellent cafes just around the area i like robust coffee which is a little south it's on 63rd and Milan. they have really good food um yeah robust is excellent i second that and uh there's cafe 53 obviously which is a, a favorite uh there's, uh, I think it's called Sip and Saver, which is also on 53rd. Uh, I know some people like Phil's, which I think is also on 53rd. Yeah, Phil's is a popular one. Uh, there is one, if you're willing to go a ways, that's um, 
west it's like on the other side of washington park and i really like that one that might be long robust one of my favorite cafes in the area it's called retreat at currency exchange it's right across from the, the cta green line stop there um and their uh their coffee and pastries are really good and they have a nice library there too but yeah lots of lots of cafes in the area because i guess we live up to our reputation as the most caffeinated campus in the country is that our reputation that's what I hear. Yeah, I think some some survey came out and put us at number one. Funny, yeah. I guess I'm an outlier there. I do not drink coffee not at all ever. I don't either. I, I, don't really I just can't stand the taste. Honestly, that that's the major obstacle. I just can't stand the taste. I've never like gotten used to caffeine as a stimulant either. No Red Bull. Yeah, I have on occasionally in emergencies brought out like an, an energy drink. I do not like them, but they function. I think that's a good place to wrap up. I think so as well. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Jake. I'm Greg. I'm Pravan. And I'm Carter. Have a good year. Hopefully we'll see you on campus.